Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. I licked my finger and I liked it, and it sure tastes better than this show does. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from a fall, no pumpkin spice latte uh, fall evening here in Concord, North Carolina. So, on uh, tonight's show, I'm going to start digging into travel. Places that we, as uh, as people that enjoy smoking a pipe, I'm going to help out with, we'll start in the United States first, with places that are a little more, just a little more smoking friendly than others, and we'll go through that. My, uh, my guest tonight is Keith Moore. Keith was the uh, pipe manager at Uptowns, a musician, and... Uh, Lifelong pipe smoker himself, so we'll visit with him. Uh, music from Keith, Mailbag, and Rant, all that coming up in tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And, uh, you know, I often often feature music on the show, and just as an example, uh, two Fridays ago, we went and saw Travis Tritt. The f- Saturday after that, we were at a high school marching band competition, just watching the bands. That was a bit of a gear shift. Last Friday, uh, spent my birthday at the South Carolina State Fair where we saw Jody Davis and the Newsboys play. A little bit different music than what Travis Tritt plays. And then uh, Saturday night was uh, the annual Goodman Family Hayride, and that takes place in the town of China Grove, North Carolina. Yes, there really is a China Grove, North Carolina, but... It's fun to gear shift like that and sample all different kinds of uh, lifestyles and events, and that's what fall is all about. Might even get in another football game here somewhere. Anyway, all right, let's get the show rolling. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. Sit back, relax, fire up a bowl, and here we go. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety... And if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupOfJoes.com. CupOfJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupOfJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. 
check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com. And be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. Welcome back. In uh, just a few minutes, Keith Moore will be with me. But let's start a little bit of uh, a little bit of travel, a little bit of travel discussion. So, say you want to plan a vacation and you want to take your pipe with you, and you want to be able to find a place to smoke indoors because the weather may not be absolutely wonderful. Uh, there's only a couple of states in the country where smoking is completely banned from. The total total indoor ban. Uh, Washington State, I believe, is one. Delaware is one. Rhode Island uh, can't smoke anywhere inside a smoke shop even. Now, if you are going to travel, uh, the following states, according to no-smoke.org, which is an anti-smoking website, the states that do not have a 100% statewide smoke-free law. These are states in the United States that do not have a statewide law saying that it has to be completely smoke-free. Uh, those states are, and we'll go from uh, west to east, uh, in the far west, Alaska. Alaska does not have a statewide law. Uh, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, and then the traditional South, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. Now, when you are looking at places to travel, there may be a state or a local municipality that has enacted a, uh, a city smoke-free law or a county smoke-free law. Uh, for example, one of my favorite spots was Charleston, South Carolina, and I know that the uh, that the city has gone completely smoke-free. Uh, if you're going to Atlanta, Georgia, going to be hard to find a place to smoke indoors there. However, there may be an exemption for a bar or a nightclub, a 21 and over only place. Uh, if you are looking for a 20, if you're looking for a place to smoke that is limited to bars let me suggest to you right now florida and nevada when you are in florida or nevada most bars over where they limit the age to 21 and over and florida's got a uh, got a strange stipulation where 90 percent of the revenue has to come from the sale of drinks not from food or other things uh, most bars allow smoking in it unless there is a specific citywide uh, exemption or a municipality exemption on top of it. So check around. Um, one other site that I will point you to is from Cigar Aficionado, and it's called Where to Smoke. They have an app that you can use that lists, and it's a... Uh, uh, contributed to by the wikis and stuff like that. So it's a wiki style thing where uh, where a cigar smoker in their case or a pipe smoker can go on there and say, hey, I found this place to smoke and put it on the map and they'll research it. But it's uh, it's really a handy a handy tool to, to use. Uh, but do make sure and check with the municipalities. Um, some of the top destinations, if you're looking for a hotel room where you want to go back to your hotel room and rest and relax, 
uh, no-smoke.org has a listing of the more popular uh the more popular cities in the United States where you can't get a smoking hotel room. Uh, Boston, Massachusetts, 100% of hotels and motel rooms must be non-smoking. Burlington, Vermont, those are two places you can't get a smoking hotel room, and they're wonderful in the winter to go outside and smoke. Uh, Let's see, Detroit, Michigan, 100% of hotel and motel rooms must be non-smoking. Another great place to spend the winter time standing outside and smoking and no wonder why they're in financial troubles uh going forward uh let's see madison wisconsin not sure why anybody's really going up there during the winter uh milwaukee 100 percent smoke free uh <laughs> here's a fun one new orleans 100 percent of the hotel and motel rooms must be non-smoking and 100 percent of bars of course New York, New York, no restrictions on hotel and motel rooms. Uh, So you can go on their website and check this out. The list is all sitting right there. I will advise you when you're looking for a hotel room, if you're looking for a hotel that offers a smoking room, you may not be looking at some of the national brands. Uh, Marriott, as a corporation in the United States, all of their hotel rooms are 100% smoke-free, so that's... uh, Marriott, Courtyard by Marriott, Residence Inn, Fairfield Inn, all their brands are 100% no smoking, so forget them. Um, remember smoketells.com, you can look on there, and they'll help you find a place where you can get a hotel room, where at least maybe at the end of the day you can put your feet up and relax with your pipe and puff away. All right, in just a few minutes, Keith Moore. This is Internet Radio. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit Sutliff-Tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. Hi, my name is Eileen Sachi from MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is MarketingPipes.com. At MarketingPipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. 
Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is uh, Keith Moore. And the first time I met Keith was in Nashville when he was... uh, Working at Uptowns, and Keith, you're a musician, and I don't know what else you got going on, but let's uh, let's just get to know it. So, Keith, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be with you, man. All right, so where did you grow up, and when did uh, pipe smoking come into come into your life? Well, I grew up in uh, Mississippi. Um, actually, I was born in Illinois. My dad was up there working, and my mom went to visit, and and uh, was born there while she was visiting. So, but uh, all my family's from Mississippi. Uh, grew up in a little town called Louisville, Mississippi. It's spelled like Louisville, but they pronounce it Louisville. <laughs> and then also, uh, when my parents uh, they divorced when I was twelve, and and uh, my mom and I moved to Meridian, and Meridian's where, um, like, I went to high school and all that. And um, I. As far as pipe, when I, the first recollection I have of pipes is um, I had an uncle who um, smoked a pipe. My grandfather smoked a pipe a little bit, but he smoked cigars mostly. And uh, and my dad, I think my dad even had a little bout with the pipe for a while when he was trying to quit cigarettes. You know, so I was kind of vaguely around pipes a little bit uh, the smell you know how it is when you, you know the smell always takes you immediately to one memory or another and and uh, so the, the, those kind of memories come up a little bit when you know when I smell a certain tobacco and that kind of thing but um, but really <clears throat> the thing that got me to um, interested in pipes was um, a biography by A.N. Uh, Wilson the writer, uh, he wrote a biography about C.S. Lewis. And um, this was like 1987 when I read this. And, you know, all through the book, he's talking about Tolkien and Lewis and the uh, the Inklings, you know, they would get together there in Oxford and, and they would smoke their pipes and they would talk about what they're working on. You know, Tolkien would talk about the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, and Lewis would talk about the line, the witch, and the wardrobe, and but the whole, but the but the kind of the focal point for for their gatherings was uh, were pipes and and um, and beer, <laughs> and you know, and I just kind of thought, well, I mean, you know, that's so cool, pipe. You know? And I never, I've never smoked, I've never smoked cigarettes or anything, and um. And I remember I was I would read little passages of it to my wife, and then we recently just just got married. And about maybe two weeks after I finished the book, um, one day Renee came home with a a pipe. She bought me a pipe at a tinderbox in Nashville.
And, you know, I didn't know anything about how to smoke a pipe or anything, you know, so anything. I didn't even know how to load it. I mean, I just thought, wow, this is so cool that I have a pipe, you know. And I remember I, when she bought the, uh, you know, cherry tobacco, you know, just um, really, really wet, you know, tobacco. And it just burned my mouth up, you know. Oh, man. I, mean, I remember thinking, why do people do this? It's terrible. And... Um, around that time, we moved to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I went to school in Tennessee for a little while. And, um, you know, met a man named Dawson Limson. Um, he had a pipe store in Murfreesboro called, um, I think it was called 310 Pipe. Yeah. And the man, you know, that changed everything because, you know, I remember I walked in one day in, in between classes and I told him, you know, I said, hey, I got this pipe. You want to, would you like to buy it? You know, and, or, you know, and he goes, he looked at me and went, he said, it burns your mouth up, doesn't it? And I said, yeah, it does. And he said, well, he said, let me, let me tell you why. And then he, he explained to me, you know, um, you know, for one thing, it weighed about a pound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so heavy. And, and it was just um, horribly drilled. Uh, it, you know, almost whistled when you went through and, and, you know, he just started showing me some things about it, and, you know, um, I asked him, I said, well, what, you know, what's a good pipe to get? And he said, well, you don't want a new pipe. And he said, you know, to learn how to smoke, you want to, you know, what he called an estate pipe. And, um, and so he walked over to the board, and he had these pipes up there, and he got, he pulled a Peterson off there. And um, I think it was a Donegal. Who that was? It was a Donegal. And, uh, and he showed me how it had been broken in really well, and, you know, and how, you know, it had the P-lip on it too, which was pretty cool. And um, and so I, he showed me how to smoke and showed me how to love it. And I'd go in there probably two days a week and hang out with him and, doctors and lawyers and, you know, guys playing chess and drinking coffee. and It was just the coolest thing, you know, I mean, it was so cool, you know. And but that, that's, you know, that's how it started for me. And, I mean, I, I, mean, I bought that long ago, and I think I paid like $30 for it back then. And, you know, I still have, I, I still have like two or three long deals I love. And from that point, you were hooked. Uh, how do we get to you being at Uptowns? Um, Bob Shankle was the manager at Uptowns when it was uh, over by Levy's in Green Hills. And uh, it was a really small store. Um, and um, I was, you know, I'm a songwriter, so I was writing songs in Nashville, and I, was, uh, I wrote for some different publishers for years. And you know when you're a songwriter, you know you have to have a you have to have a job. <laughs> you know, I mean the draw the draw you get doesn't go very far. So, um, but you got to have a job that allows you the flexibility to go write whenever. You know, somebody like you know Robert Ellis Oral. If I get a chance to write with someone like Keanu or Walt Aldridge or whatever, then you got to have a job where you can kind of you know be flexible 
And I was, at the time, uh, I was uh, starting Young Horses um, at this um, at this boarding facility in um, in Franklin, or in Brentwood. And um, it's called King Stables. And, you know, and I was, I did everything. I muck stalls, I, you know, everything, everything you think of with horses. And, and I was, I started Young Horses, you know, and, uh, get them going, and so I, in the afternoons uh, I would um, someone told me about Uptowns one day, and I, because you know, because they saw that I had a pipe, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna check it out. So I walk in there, and um, Bob Shankle, you know, I don't know if you ever met Bob. Did you ever meet Bob? Yeah, no. Uh, oh, he's a great guy. Um, he had a mir- he always had a meerschaum in his mouth, always. I mean. He had he had some meerschaums that were black. I mean, just you know, gorgeous. He'd smoke them. I think first thing he did every morning when he woke up was light his pipe, and last thing he did at night was put it out. You know. <laughs> um, and but he, um, I remember I walked in one day, and, um, you know, and I smelled like you know horse shit. I mean, I was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I always smelled like horses, and and just kind of. You know, because I hadn't been home yet, and I'd kind of go by there and hang out a little bit and smoke a pipe with them. And, and um, over a period of a couple of weeks, or two or three weeks, um, because I've really gotten into pipes. I've been reading about them. I've been, I mean, it's, you know, just became fascinated with the whole culture of pipe smoking and the history of pipe smoking. And, and so, they, you know, they had Petersons, they had Stanwells, they had, um, you know, BC's, Michigan, they had Camoys. Uh, I think at that time they even had a couple of Davidoff pipes, things like that. And um, and I I was sitting around, I was standing around in there with Bob and whoever was working. And uh, I, when customers would come in and start looking at pipes, I would talk to them about the pipe they were looking at. And um, one day. One day, anyway, Bob, one day I walked in, Bob kind of, this nonchalant way that he has, you know, he kind of leans over on the counter and he goes, he goes, you ever thought about working in a pipe store? And I was like, no, I had never thought of it. I mean, seriously, I never, you know, imagined that. I mean, I was writing songs, had a band, we were playing. Um, and he said, well, he said, if you want a job, he said, well, I'd like to give you a job. He said, you've sold more pipes for me the past month or so than I have. <laughs> and and so that's kind of how it started. It started out part-time and just I'd go in and, um, you know, it was just a great bunch of guys there. And, you know, Phillips Adams, Scarborough. I mean, it's just so many good guys there and that were working there. Got in Gregor Yates, um, Jim Yarborough. Who else? I don't want to forget anybody. Philip Adams, Philip Thompson. Um, Was George Brissy there yet? Jeff, T- Jeff. Um, no, no. Briss, Briss didn't come along till, till I was, you know, doing the pipe thing for Uptowns. Um, so anyway, just kind of, that's how it started, and with me working there, uh, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't some great plan, you know, it wasn't. No, I just kind of stumbled into it, you know. 
Yeah. Um, you never left Mississippi with the idea that you were going to be managing one of the uh, premier pipe shops in the country. No, no. That was not even a, a thought in any way, you know. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll you take know, a break. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about the pipe shop and some of those great pipe makers. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Keith Moore. And Keith, when did, um, so when did you take over the pipe thing at, at Uptown's? Well, I mean, I really didn't take anything over. It was just kind of, I mean, it was, you know, the store was just, you know, pipes or cigars, um, and everybody sold everything. And uh, But how the pipe department started really was because of Phil Keggy, um, the, the guitar player. Um, yeah, I recognize that name. Yeah, yeah, Phil is a, a great friend. Um but Phil came in one day. Uh, he had been to Canada uh, to play a show, then to uh, Toronto. And um, he had met a pipe maker named Julius Vez. And um, he had bought a pipe from him, and he showed me the pipe. It was just beautiful to me. It was this gorgeous pipe. And it was kind of unique looking from the standpoint of the briar itself. It just kind of had a, I don't know, just an, an essence about it that was really cool. And and so I um, I, I called Julius Smith, and I remember when I was trying to find a way to get in touch with him, a lot of people were saying, well, he won't work with Americans because he got burned at one point by an American retailer. And, you know, and, and I was just like, well, I'm, I'm still going to call him because Phil, Phil, Phil said he was just such a great guy and he was very animated and just a really char- a character, you know. And... And I thought the pipe was really beautiful and cool, and Phil loved it. He said it was one of the coolest smoking pipes he'd ever had. And um, and so I, I finally got him on the phone, and I said, hey, if we buy some of your pipes, can you know. Uh, and he said, I will do it only if you um, would pay for them before I send them. <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember I went to Bob, and I told him, 
told me that shit. <laughs> Bob was just kind of like, well, you know, when we talked when we talked to the owner, he talked to the owner about it, and the owner, um, you know, um, he said, well, all right, we'll we'll give him a little rope and see what he, you know, whether it hangs himself or, or you know, whether it might pull it off. And, and this was probably about a year and a half after I started working at Oaktowns. Um, and during that year and a half, I had built a file, a Rolodex file of every pipe smoker that came in there and what they smoked, what kind of tobacco they liked, um, every, anything about them. And I had their phone numbers. And this was, this was before people were using email all the time, you know. And, um, and so the owner let me do it. Um, we ordered, I think it was 15 pipes to begin with. Paid for them. He sent them, and and I knew what day they were going to arrive. And I called every every customer I had, told them about the pipe. Um, and the pipes arrived. I think it was first time was on a Tuesday. And when the pipes got there, there was a line of guys waiting to see the pipes, <laughs> and sold all fifteen in about thirty minutes. You know, and these were these were probably you know one hundred and thirty dollar pipes. You know, between, well, between, I think between like 75 and $130 pipes, you know, somewhere in there. I think, I think if I recall correctly. But we sold, sold, sold all of them in like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you know. And, you know, and so uh, Bob asked the owner, can he do it again? And he said, yeah. And so took about another month went by, um, uh, ordered some more. I think we got 20 that next time and sold all 20 in about 30 minutes. <laughs> and and so it was kind of like, whoa, this is really cool. Um, and, and, and in fact, some of the customers didn't even get one because some guys were buying two or three. And um, so anyway, Pipes and Tobacco Magazine had just come out. And I just had the idea of calling them and saying, you know, telling them what's going on with these pipes from Canada, and and one of their guys came, and they, the, the next time they planned it, so the next time the pipes came, um, they would be there. You know, they would be there, and so they came and did a story about you know these uptowns and Julius Fest pipes, and um, and that day they came, there was like twenty six pipes. They all sold out that day. You know. And so that's kind of how it started. It wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't some grand scheme of mine. Uh, it was more of just kind of organic how things came together. And that led to eventually going to Chicago Pipe Show. And that's when Rick Newcomb, uh, who's probably one of the greatest names in the pipe world, I think. I mean, as far as someone who's promoted pipes, um, he, he introduced me to Yes Condiments. At the Chicago Pipe Show, and and you know, Yes's pipes are just—I mean, my gosh—they're they're like you know, just Rolls Royce of you know, just, I mean, amazing, you know. And um, Yes and I really hit it off, and we, uh, his wife Bonnie was there. She's passed away since, um, but. Um, it was just, it was just like great chemistry, you know. We just really, 
haven't had a connection. And, and you know, and you got to remember at this time, nobody was, nobody in America was, was buying Danish pipes. I mean, they weren't, I mean, Stanwell, they were buying Stanwells, but, but no one was buying $1,100, you know, $650 to $1,100, $1,200 pipes. They just weren't, that wasn't, that wasn't happening. I mean, we're talking um, 1996 to 98? Yeah, and then, yeah. 95 to 98, yeah. And then uh, from 90, all the way to, you know, to 2000, you know, that's, that's kind of, it was three years there where it was like, that was when it was really, 97 to, to um, 2000, it was just crazy. Um, but, but through yes, uh, he introduced me to uh, Wolf and Pear, you know, s uh, and then he introduced me to Lars Everson, and he, he introduced me to Bo Nord. And those five pipe makers were doing something that uh, pretty much the, the pipe world in America had never seen before. And... Um, and like I say, you got to remember the internet. This before the internet's really, you know, a part of everyday life. And and I, what I started doing was just taking pictures of these pipes when I'd get them from Denmark. And I, once again, I just built up a clientele. And through the through the through the um, story that pipes and tobacco did, the owner uh, create he, he let us create an eight hundred number. <laughs> and so through that story, in, in pipes and tobacco, the pipe the pipe world was starting to see uptowns, and that's just kind of how it happened. It wasn't. It was just kind of like, like say, very organic. And then I started getting phone calls. We started getting phone calls from people from all over the country. And so when when I brought the uh, well, uptowns, when uptowns brought the Danish pipes into uh, America. That's kind of when the pipe department started, and and we, uh, and then not long after that, George Brissy came aboard, and he was very helpful in in, uh, in in selling the pipes and promoting the pipes, and you know, so it was just a really interesting time, you know, and um, but we couldn't couldn't keep them. I mean, I don't care how many they sent us; they sold so fast. It was just crazy. <laughs> You know, um, and uh, especially, um, you know, because the bow pipes were so rare. And, and I mean, uh, the bow pipes were almost always sold. Well, actually, I mean, I'm not going to say most of them were almost always sold before they ever got there. You know, just from talking to people about what's coming, telling them, you know, on the phone, we call people and say, this is coming, this is coming. And a lot of guys would just say, well, here's my credit card, you know. Um, I'll take one, I'll take two, whatever. And um, it just grew, you know, it just grew and grew. And, and uh, at one time, the pipe department probably had five, six guys working there. And it was strictly just selling pipes and pipe tobacco. And then, of course, did the, did the website eventually that came along. And so it was, you know, it was a, it was a really exciting time. And, you know, I look today, I see a lot of the pipe makers, you know, like Jody Davis, uh, Jody's a great friend. He, he is really, uh, to me, Jody's one of the first ones. He is the first one, in my opinion, to really, in, 
embrace what the Danes were doing and make it his own. You know, um, his pipes are, are I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'll probably make some of them mad saying this, but, but Jody, to me, is kind of the yes confidence of American pipe makers. You know, he's kind of the, this incredibly solid, no-frills, uh, just, just beautiful, functional, you know. And I, but, but since Jody started doing it, there's a lot of these other great guys, you know, Jeff Grasick, and just there's a lot of guys, guys that are just, have embraced the quality and the care and the attention to detail, mouthpieces, stems. You know, it's it's so cool to see that just become so much a part of the American pipe scene. You know, um, and and you know, and yes, and and, and Pierre and Gulf and and Bo and Lars. They were to me. I, I look at those guys as kind of the they're the standard. You know that everyone, you know, tried to is still trying to emulate. You know, um, is there something about each one of the pipe makers from each one of the Danes that you can just kind of help us to identify that is quintessentially yes, or that's typical S Bang? Yeah, S Bang, um, Perry Wolf, they're finishing. The, the, the finishing quality on on their pieces, and you know, you got to take into effect. I mean, for one thing, the the actual craftsmanship that, that that all of them have is just elite. It's just attention to detail for all these guys. Where they how 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 just uh, the stems fill in the mouth, how uh, the weight of the pipe, the balance of the pipes, all those technical craftsmanship things, they're all like just out of the stratosphere with, with, in re, with regards to that. You know, Mars, Bo was, but then, but then, but then what they, what they each had, which was so different than each other. Think about it. I mean, you look at a Lars Everson pipe, it looks nothing like the S-Conference pipe. Look at a Bo Nord pipe, it looks nothing like uh, an S-Bound pipe. You know, they, they all had their own expression. And you know, when you look at it, I remember one time Lars and I were talking, and he said uh, he wants his pipe. He wanted his pipes to almost be like something you would happen upon walking through a forest, like a like it's just something that's a that's a part of nature, you know. And if you, you can look at his work, you can kind of you can kind of see that, you know. Um, Bo just wanted to make Bo wanted to just wow you with just. Symmetrical. I mean, Bo, Bo's pipes were very feminine. You know, just that, the beautiful the, the curvatures, the lines, the the. It's just a very have a real feminine quality. You know, um, S Bang. Like I said, their with their pieces, some of the shapes they come up with you know, are just. You know, I mean, just look at American carvers. <laughs> you know, you'll see a lot of S Bang uh, shapes. You see a lot of Ted, Teddy Woodson too. Um, yes, though, the influence that Yes has, Yes's father made pipes, and all his pipes were very traditional, like English pipes, like billiards, and and, and so Yes had that quality. He had that. He has that quality in what he makes. That's kind of like a the foundation of everything he makes to me. It's like, but then if he if he makes a horn or if he makes 
some of these really unique shapes. They're still his. He makes it his own, you know. Um, so I would say with yes, it's, it's just this foundational, just solid quality about the pipe. Bang, it's the finishing. It's the, uh, the way that they uh, approach the, the, different, the different pipes, like a billiard, the way they approach an apple. It's just their own thing, you know. Um, that's kind. Of, I mean, I, those four. Those four. That's kind of the way I would look at it. You know? Yeah. So let's fast forward. Uh, now you're in Oxford, Mississippi, and what are you doing now? You still still doing music, and what else? Um. Well, yeah. I've, I've, the Wineskins, my uh, band that I've been I've been playing with Jeff since 1989. We've been playing music for a long time and writing songs together. Jeff still he lives in Nashville. I live here. We get together and record. Um, we just had a record uh, come out September 1st um, called Here They Come. It's it's just, it's a real intimate kind of quality record. It's very um, just it's just him and uh, it's just the two of us you know, basically sitting across from each other with a microphone. And um, and so I'm doing that. I'll, I'll do that, you know, as long as Jeff and I are around, we'll do that. This is kind of what we always have uh, done. But, and then here locally in Oxford, um, I went back to school, went back to Ole Miss last year and got my degree, finally. And um, now I'm working on becoming a teacher and I teach history. And, and uh, creative writing, and um, so I'm working on that. Uh, in fact, one of the professors that uh, I took a, a history class under, um, he started a band. He's uh, he's from Georgia. His name is Darren Grimm. He's got his, his he started this band. He asked me to play with him. We've done a couple of concerts, and I feel like I'm back in high school. It's like rock and roll. It's like just I mean loud, you know, um, rock, and so that's a lot of fun, and I'm playing guitar and singing back up for him, and, but I'm also cooking, I'm, I'm cooking at a Portuguese restaurant, uh, oh, cool. in Oxford, um, well, you know, while I'm doing the school thing, uh, I just need something that gives me flexibility with, because I have to go observe teaching, and I have to do a lot of different things, and, and so, um, but um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I've always liked cooking. I always cook at home. But, man, after being around uh, this uh, lady, she and her husband started this restaurant about six years ago, um, all the recipes are her mother's recipes from Portugal. And, man, it's just amazing food. It's really good. So that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I still smoke with pipes. I'm no longer a part of the pipe business world, uh, but kind of that's that's a good memory and glad I have it. But um, yep, just um, doing these different things, man. Just trying to stay creative and keep doing some, hopefully, some good things for you know for myself, my family, and for those I meet. So uh, in a few minutes, we'll have one of uh, one of your songs played, but. In the meantime, we'll wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. There's no right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. What is your favorite pipe? 
that's torture. Uh, I, I know this is going to sound just sacrilegious um, uh, to just because of all the pipes I've been around and sold and had, and, but my desert island pipe. If I had to have one, if I had to have one pipe that would just be a workhorse for me for however long, uh, is actually a Peterson Tonical. It's a, it's a Canadian uh, shape. Um, it's got about, about a size five bowl on it. Um, it's probably about five. It's about, I think it's almost five and three quarter inches long, or maybe almost six inches long. And uh, I, I just man, that pipe is traveled with me everywhere and uh you know I, that's the first thing that popped in my head yeah. what is your favorite tobacco Pinsons. and what is your favorite drink oh, gosh i don't know i don't, I don't know um guinness <laughs> i guess there you go I mean, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Book. Book. And this is going to be the toughest question for you. Do you have a uh, particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Yeah, it actually has to do with um, Donegal, the pipe. Um, there was a, a man that used to come to uptowns. Joe Rogers, he was an ambassador to France under Ronald Reagan, and he just a fascinating man, incredibly fascinating man. And um, through working up tennis, you know, Joe and I got to know each other, and uh, Joe would have me out to his farm and to, to take him riding, like he wanted, he was, wanted to ride horses. And, and um, I, I took a couple of my horses out to his place, and sometimes he'd just call me up and say, hey, you want, let's, let's go riding, you know. And, um, and we would ride and tell me all these amazing stories, political stories and all these other things. And one day, you know, in that part of Tennessee is this real mountain, kind of, you got little mountain areas and it's beautiful hills and forest and his property is just gorgeous. And, uh, and one day we were out there and it was, it started raining and, um, and I'm, I just loved the Donegal, I just, with it, you know, and it started raining pretty hard, and we were kind of up on the trails, and we were riding, and so I turned that pipe upside down, and I smoked it for almost an hour when we rode, and it never went out, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, upside down, because, you know, I was trying to keep water from getting in it, and I, I, I'll never forget that, that was the coolest, you know, I thought, man, that is crazy, you know, I didn't have to tamp it. You know, I put, I put my finger up in it every minute and kind of, you know, to keep it from, you know, just kind of keep it packed a little bit. Anyway, that's that's the memory that pops in my head. <laughs> that's great. Keith, where can we go to get your music and hear more of it? You can go to, um, on Facebook, go to W. Keith Moore. W. Keith Moore. Um, and then you can go to Facebook to hear the wine spins. It's, it's you know, the wineskins, one word, wineskins. Um, not wineskin, but wineskins. There's some band up there called wineskin, but um, but uh, you can go there to. You could see some of our 
and uh, pretty much that's the, that's where, that's where to go. Those two places, and then you can, you'll find the you'll find the website. The website is wineskinsmusic.com, and um, all our music's on iTunes. Uh, the new record actually is on a, a new um, format called Bandcamp. Um, and it's, it's only available digitally, and it's on. But it's you can look up the wineskins on Bandcamp, and you can see both the records there too. I've got them on faith, and here they come. Um, but yeah, it's on uh, my faith. It's on iTunes, on Amazon, um, and then there's I, you know, I've put out, I've put out five or six records too that are under W. Keith Moore, and one under uh, a band name called Ambo. A-M-B-O. And I did that with a buddy of mine up in uh, Spokane, Washington in, in 2003. So, so anyway, there's there's a lot of stuff that you can go listen to, a lot of different sounds. Um, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's like every record's a little different, you know, so. Lots of good stuff to sit and smoke your pipe to. I hope. <laughs> Keith, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, for the history lesson, and uh, keep up uh, keep up what you're doing. All right, man. Brian, it's great to talk to you, and so glad to hear from you. We'll be back in just a minute. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany, Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company, and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. We are back, and yeah, I had a ton of other questions for uh, for Keith, especially when it comes to some of the Danish carvers, because he, he knows them all really well. If you'd like, do uh, you want me to have him back on again so we can get through some of those uh, some of those Danish carver questions? I think we could probably work that out. All right, uh, Keith's new album is called Travelers, and again, this is on Bandcamp.com, and it's W. Keith Moore. The song he picked out is called Landscape Painted with Tea, and uh, listen closely to the first, uh, first few lines of it, and you'll see why he picked it out for us. 
Ashes from a vest pipe Dancing in the wind Strike a match in the darkness A flash of light grows thin Midnight trains of memory Whistles echo screams Travelers on a journey To a place they've never seen Landscape painted with teeth Under a khaki moon In a grove of Chinese green Lovers look for comfort Strung out on caffeine It's a terrible beauty Landscape painted with teeth of our longings for us like a prayer cry out when we pray it is anyone there help is like a carrot dangled on a string when we reach to take it it's pulled just out of reach landscape painted with teeth under a khaki moon in a grove of Chinese Lovers look for comfort Strung out on caffeine It's a terrible beauty Landscape painted with tears I heard of cars on the highway Spooked by every sound Going nowhere Till the sun goes down Prowling through the night streets Engines softly moan Drivers driving memories The destination's gone I grow up Beggar's clothes, give my hands to helping, die to all I Reach for higher purpose, drink his red, red wine. I'll smoke a pipe and ponder, in love within my time. Landscape painted with teeth, under a khaki moon in a grove of Chinese green. Lovers look for comfort, strung out on caffeine. It's a terrible beauty, landscape painted with teeth. Landscape painted with teeth, under a khaki moon in a grove of Chinese green. Lovers look for comfort, strung out on caffeine. It's a terrible beauty, landscape painted with
Did you uh, catch the line in there about the Vez pipe? Julius Vez. All right, there you go. A little Keith Moore for you. Mail call. Gather around, everyone. All right, in the mailbag we have from John Seiler. Hi, Brian. It is nice to see they display Einstein's pipe, even even though it is uh, now politically uh, incorrect. It is great to see that it is a popular exhibit. Nice article. Uh, Jesse Jones is a well-known pipe carver. You can easily recognize his distinct appearance at a pipe show. As he said, it is important to keep the difference between the Cheddar pipes and his Jones pipes. Scrap Huntington, punk rock piper, speechless. Rant, yes, fish and chips must have tartar sauce and malt vinegar, a must. Nice show. Uh, Bill45 says... Great show as always, Brian. I met Jesse at the NASPC show. Great guy. The Cleveland Pipe Club was formed at the show, and it's going great so far. Have a great birthday. Keep up the great work. You're a great asset to our hobby. Thank you very much. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, The Einstein Pipe has been popular at the Smithsonian since the day they put it out. I can't say I give his pipe much credit for the development of any of his masterworks. Uh, Niels Bohr also loved his pipe, so maybe there's something to great uh, physicists and pipes. Jesse Jones is a tremendous carver. The progress he's made in three years is just amazing. Glad to see he is making great use of his college education. Well, maybe not, but he is putting his talents to great use. Teaming up with Premel is a great thing. It will permit Jesse to learn and grow at a faster rate, and that is a good thing. Uh, did we mention that Jesse was a winner in the last KC carving contest? I don't think we did. Uh, maybe a pipe part segment on Premel's Pipe Studio, or whatever you want to call it, in the Nate King, Michael Linder Breyer Lab. Uh, nothing but good can come from these. We had uh, Nate and Michael on, uh, or we had Michael on in June? Yeah, I think it was June. Um, let's just say that uh, Dan didn't like the music. And Dan is not a fish guy, so he wouldn't miss malt vinegar. Applebee's is about one step from Chapter 11, so they have bigger problems anyway. Okay, well, they won't be buying any malt vinegar. Uh, New Broom, calling me out. Fast five questions, no right or wrong answers. What's your favorite beverage? Answer, coffee. Follow up, you don't put anything else in it, do you? Answer, not typically. BL, as if Jesse had used cream or cream and god forbid sugar he was wrong somehow i drinks me coffee like i smokes me backy i change it up betimes good for you i agree change it up uh pad galand new listener says awesome show i'm a recent listener only been listening a few weeks i just recently rediscovered my love of pipes and pipe smoking i must say the interviews are awesome the interviewer's not so bad either um, I'm, that's me. Uh, I'm learning a lot about your rant on fish and chips. I am a chef and I completely agree with you. Malt vinegar should always be used for fish and chips, haggis and chips as well. Also, malt vinegar never spoils. All vinegar never spoils. The acidity is too high. If they want to save money, they can go to the store, buy one or two bottles and keep them in the back. If they say it's spoiled because of the expiration date has passed, then they are falling into the trap of the food industry. Putting best if used by dates on items that normally don't go bad, like rice, honey, flowers, vinegar, and other dry goods. 
Sorry for the rant, but it just bugs me when a restaurant claims to be in the in the right when they don't know. All right, I'm with you. I am absolutely with you. And I wonder if cockroaches have a high acidity because they never spoil either. Uh, and they don't taste too good. Uh, let's see. Casey Ghost also said they thinks the world of Jesse and Kate, they are wonderful. I can remember buying a Jesse Jones pipe four years ago when... We were still at the double tree. Three years later, he made what appeared to be an identical pipe. I asked him, why should I buy the new pipe when I had one identical to it? He said, this one is much better. Jesse has graduated from being another young carver to being one of the best carvers. I bought a baby elephant's foot from him in Chicago, and it's one of my favorite pipes. And uh, Jesse has been a winner in the last two KC carving contests. Uh, There's one for you. Uh, JPMCWJR says a few more years and he could match Rolly Fingers. Look forward to the interview. Uh, don't know if there's too many people that know who Rolly Fingers is. We'll see if I get some posts on that. And last but not least, uh, Rick Bonnie on Facebook wrote me back in August and I missed the message. And it says, hello, new to pipe smoking, love your podcast. I've smoked cigars for years and just inherited a bunch of pipes. Just curious as to what you would recommend starting with. I bought a tin of McBaron Cherry Ambrosia, thank you, which I do like. Any suggestions of samplers, etc., thank you very much in advance, Rick. Rick, this is the uh, standard answer that I give to anybody just starting out. First of all, I am really jealous of you because you have many, many, many discoveries to go, but... Uh, what I want you to do, first of all, make sure that those inherit that inherited bunch of pipes, those pipes have been cleaned and refreshed because you don't want to be smoking out of an old, musty, or oxidized pipe. So make sure that those are cleaned by somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, my suggestion would be, since you're coming from cigars and pipes are a completely different experience, I want you to keep poking around and trying different styles of tobaccos until you figure out what style you like or what types you like or find out if you're a pipe smoker that appreciates all kinds of styles english virginias aromatics uh burleys oriental heavy latakia heavy um, light aromatics heavy aromatics And the best way that i can suggest doing that is buying one ounce samples of different kinds of bulk tobaccos now of course bulk tobaccos may not be the best or the most top quality blends out there but there are some really good wonderful bulk tobaccos out there and by trying an ounce at you know a couple three four dollars an ounce you're going to get a chance to try a whole bunch of different styles Uh, you may even find out that you like a particular manufacturer better than others so you'll want to try the same styles from different manufacturers to see which one works for you. It's a long road uh, when you're taste testing. Also make sure that you try different packing techniques to see if a uh, looser pack or a tighter pack or a drier pack works better for a certain tobacco before you give up on it. Uh, remember, I I like to try at least three or four bowls of a tobacco in a couple of different pipes to see if I really dislike it. I know some people that insist on you really haven't tried a tobacco until you've smoked at least an ounce or two of it completely all the way through. So there's my advice for you. 
and I misspoke earlier. Guess what? We have a rave coming up next. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. The South Carolina State Fair folks in Columbia, South Carolina deserve a big shout out. Why? Well, first of all, they got through those nasty rains and all those floods and opened the fair on time and it looked like everybody was having a good time. But, but, big shout out to them because there was no restricted smoking on the fairgrounds, except of course inside the buildings and stuff like that, but... So, as you can see from a picture that we posted on the page for the radio show, there's a picture of me and Jody sitting and smoking our pipes out there in the middle of the fairgrounds. Uh, big shout out to them also because in the fairgrounds, in the agricultural building, one of the items that they had that they gave awards to was, yes, flu-cured tobacco. Regular, good old American flu-cured tobacco grown in South Carolina We've put some pictures up of some of the of the tobacco and of me just hanging out with Jody, just out there in the middle of the fair, having our pipes. And uh, also, a uh, big shout out to the folks for having the pig races there. If you've never seen pig races, they're a hoot. And the pigs are cute, and they run around and they race for Oreo cookies, which is probably some anti-smokers, anti-fun thing you know somebody's gonna yell at us for having uh, pigs racing for oreos that aren't good for you but anyway uh big shout out to the south carolina state fair for getting the fair open getting everything going and allowing smoking out there and still showing tobacco as an agricultural product of their fine state 
All right, I want to thank Keith Moore for joining me. Hey, make sure if you're coming to Las Vegas, uh, make sure and stop by my table. That's coming up in, uh, oh boy, 10, 12 days I'll be out there at the uh, West Coast Pipe Show. I am certainly looking forward to that. Uh, weather permitting, should we do the uh, gathering at the Eiffel Tower on Sunday night? That was kind of fun. Uh, let's. I'll check into the weather and I'll let you know next week whether or not we're going to do that. In the meantime, everybody have a safe, happy, insane Halloween this coming weekend. And once again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Halloween. Leave now while you still can. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.